Okay. Uh, okay, sorry. Um, so. <laughs> so. <laughs> what's up, man? Uh, so for everybody out there, uh, who are you? Okay, my name is Alex de Los Angeles. And, you know, I'm just a dude making music, doing creative stuff, whatever. You know, like, I draw, I illustrate, um, I record. Basically, right now, what I'm doing is mastering people's tracks. So, like, you know, bands or, like, you know, solo artists can basically just kind of hit me up and, you know, I'll give them a like a nicer version, kind of like a fully realized thing of what they want, you know? Yeah, so, so you're like a mixed master right engineer. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. That's cool, man. What, so like what inspires you to like do, well, what did you start doing first? Mm. Pretty much what I started doing first, as far as like music stuff or just like in general, like creative field, yeah, in general, like what, like when and what, like did you start on first? Did you start drawing first, or did you start like producing first? And like, hmm. when, uh, yeah. like, what age were you in? I guess definitely it was definitely drawing, like, you know, from hell. Like I, I was always drawing, like from kindergarten, you know, pre K. I was always drawing, would um, barely color inside the lines in pre-K, you know? <laughs> oh, but, yeah. Um, yeah, but, you know, I was just doing it for the fun of it. Like, I, I would draw, like, I, I think I remember, like, the first thing I was really proud of drawing was, like, this rat that I drew in, like, kinder or something like that. The teacher said it was really good. And so it just encouraged me to keep drawing. And you drew a rat? Yeah, it was a rat. <laughs> oh, wow, man. I see, like, the illustrations that you do. Like, do you have a set style or you just, like, pick up the pen and just kind of go? Yeah. Like, some of these stuff is, like, super trippy and, like, kind of like kind of really out there. Like, mm. I've seen a... I like that description. Nah, yeah, for real. Like, it's really out so, there. Like, it looks like I see, like, aliens or mutants, and it's like, you know, <laughs> it, it doesn't, it's not, it's like, kind of like an alternative type of thing. Like, I don't see a lot of people, uh, you know, most artists I know kind of do, like, uh, portraits and, and stuff like that. But this stuff is like, it could be like in uh, some, like, comic book or something like that, you know? Yeah, yeah. I hear what you mean. It's like, for me, um, I was always really attracted to sci-fi because, like, you know, who didn't love Star Wars and all that stuff? But, like, I think sci-fi, like, the whole possibility of sci-fi really, like, grabbed me because there's so much you can do, you know? You can just, like, create your own world, but it's, um, like, everything is on the table because you're just, like including all these other crazy and not just crazy but like different like different types outlandish. of yeah outlandish yeah it can be ridiculous it can be really dark 
it can be just strange, you know? That's what I like about sci-fi. And does, and does like, most of your work, does it have a hidden meaning, or are you just kind of having fun with it? Mm. I would say I'm striving for less meaning, but for a long time, I did have the idea that, hey, this has got to have, like, meaning meaning but you know it's not always that deep and i you know i i don't always yeah. try to make it that deep yeah sometimes it's just That's feeling cool. you know like yeah like uh something yeah like yeah you you might things be feelings. With, uh, uh-huh go ahead uh, oh no i was just saying like you know like not every single thing has to have you know meaning like you could draw a picture of a butt and you know yeah <laughs> somebody could say somebody could think like oh that's american capitalism and another person could just be like oh this this and that you could just be like it's just a butt you know because right. you felt like drawing a butt yeah yeah so yeah things could just be whatever they whatever you want them to be right yeah for uh i think in um like middle school, I was on a real drawing kick, like, and that was where I was like drawing, drawing, like every day. Though, I guess I was always drawing like that, but I don't know. In middle school, I just remember there was like these strangest drawings, cause um, I didn't really like care at that point. I was just like drawing for myself, you know. Yeah. And I still do that. I still try to make that an exercise drawing for myself, just, like, kind of putting stuff on the table. And it could, you know, it could be anything. It's not always something that you that you want to put out, but it's, like, kind of playing with a rough draft, you know? And so mm-hmm. it could be something that's, like, kind of weighing on your mind or, like, something that's just something you find funny for a bit, you know? And maybe yeah, it could be dude, funny I... for a long time. Did uh did any like did any like teachers ever catch you drawing and did they ever try to like pull you aside and just be like <laughs> you know you could get a scholarship or something with this right did did that ever happen to you yeah yeah my uh in that same period I was talking about in middle school <laughs> my um yeah. teacher his name was Mr Towersy he was really cool about it because. He just kind of, I remember one time he was like, he said to me, like, what drugs are you on and where can I get some? <laughs> yeah. Your teacher just asked you that, you know, you're making something trippy, man. And that, yeah. uh, did that, like, inspire you to just keep going or, like, what did that do? Yeah, that did inspire okay. me to keep going. Yeah. and Oh, okay. Cool. And, uh... What was uh, interesting about him is that he inspired me more to like put my work out there because I remember there was this time when um, a few of us got chosen to like submit our pieces to some kind of coffee shop or something like that. And there was a piece I had made that I didn't feel that proud of and I didn't really want it up there. But, uh, you know, he encouraged me. He was, like, 
really he felt strongly about it that I should put my piece up there like and and so you know I eventually like decided yeah we can put it up there and that okay. that really encouraged me to like not overthink my stuff too much you know yeah I I'm not even gonna lie to you I have a I'm working on it but I kind of I have a problem with overthinking like I don't know. That's cool that mm-hmm. your teacher like pushed you to do that, but for some reason, when it came to me, um, my teacher used to like my writing. Like they said, I was a great writer, and uh, for some strange reason, whenever a teacher, a counselor, even my mom would just try to encourage me to keep going in something, I would like. It's almost like I'd lose uh, interest in it. Like I was just really weird about it. Like uh, I was. I was just writing something to write something, maybe get a good grade, and then I get called after school, yeah. and it's just like you know, you know, you could, you you could do this and that and this and that, and then I'll just be like, uh, this is lame now. I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah, I hear just you. Try, backtracking is like crazy. Mm-hmm. It's like, I think there's a lot of danger in like going and backtracking a lot. You know, sometimes you just gotta, yeah, yeah wear your thing on your sleeve and you know, put it up there because, um, I, yeah, the, you know, I, I forgot who said it. Um, uh, somebody said, I think it was like, hold up. <laughs> somebody said it like the most of I life is just showing like... up. Um, they said most of life is just showing up, you know? Oh Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. hate when I'm trying to think of a quote and I can't think of it. But um, yeah, I don't know why I was like that. I don't. I think I'm past it now, but I don't know why. Whenever I'd get like some kind of push from an adult, it would just feel weird to me, and I don't know why. If it was like another kid or somebody my age, like I would mm-hmm. believe him. But when it came to like an adult saying, "Oh, you could," you know, I would just be like, "Ew!" I don't know why. Yeah, feels like a lot of, feels like you've been knighted or something. It's weird. Yeah, right? like I, I don't, I don't know why I thought it was. I don't know why I thought like that, but that's how I always, always felt about it. And uh, yeah, yeah I, I don't know. Of, I probably shot myself in the foot probably doing that. Mm, yeah, because you're kind of put on the spot, you know, like or at least you feel that way. Yeah, I hate that too. Like, I hate being put on the spot. Like, I, I don't know why, but I always hated hearing, like, hearing somebody talk about me, ne- positive yeah. or negative. Like, I hated hearing somebody brag on me. Like, I hated hearing my mm. mom brag on me. That's like, interesting. It's like this and that, and I was just like, I just mm. feel weird. I don't know why. Yeah, that is a weird feeling. Especially when, uh, like, you're being talked about, like, right next to the people that are talking about you. It's weird. Yeah, like, I'm just in the office, like, uh... Yeah. But I honestly, like... Did you... I... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna ask, like, did you like that? Like, if somebody was just, like, when you were younger with somebody like gassing you up, did you like being around hearing that? Like, yeah, I fucking, I fucking drew that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> yeah, I yeah. feel weird about it. Like, I don't know why. Mm. So you so felt like, weird about that. that. Yeah, I don't know why. But with that, so like, did you ever, from a young age, did you ever want to be like famous? Hmm. Uh, I guess I did. But as I grew older, you know, I noticed that that's not really something that's like on my top priority. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think, I think something like that is um, something that has more drawbacks than it does, like, well, I don't know, I can't say, but I feel like there's a lot of drawbacks to that, and it, and it takes some preparation before somebody actually does get to that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And that's how you, is that how you look at it, like, now, like, today? Because it seems like with today, like, fame is everything like it seems like anybody would do anything for just like a like a drop of fame oh yeah like <laughs> I, I clout chasing you know like still very yeah. alive um i i don't re- i would not want to be i don't think i would want to be famous just because like there's that layer of like um, anonymity that you lose, you know? I kind of like having that yeah, anonymity. Like, if you were just, like, going to the store for milk and you seen, like, a whole bunch of kids just, like, mob you, would you, you would feel weird? Cause... Yeah, that would be weird. You know? I would just want to be some, some dude, you know? Like, I think I prefer to keep milk, it that you know? way. Yeah, I think when I was younger like i kind of was just like yeah i would like to be famous then i really started thinking about it and uh, i guess it's it's i guess it's pros and cons but you know i i've seen videos of like famous people like snapping on camera and 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 stuff and i can only imagine like the stress that that comes with so yeah yeah. look at toby mcguire (laughs) oh yeah yeah like he was yeah he was spider-man and he's just like somebody wanted like an autograph that was like years ago though right like somebody yeah. wanted an autograph and he, he just snapped yeah mm-hmm. and he was spider-man so like right you know? <laughs> uh-huh yeah but um so like when i think of today like basically uh entertainers like you know, you, you do art, but you also do uh, engineering, mixing and mastering, and you also do music yourself. So, like, yeah, uh, today in 2020, going in, like, 2021, uh, something I was thinking about earlier was that it seems like with, uh, well, I was going to say with art, but basically in every aspect of uh, the culture, from what I've seen, it's... It's almost like uh, you can't just be doing, mostly you can't just do one thing. I mean, maybe you can, mm. but, you know, if you're just producing or rapping, you might not, like, get as much recognition without, you know, doing something, not something necessarily that's uh, undignified, but, you know, something that's like, it's almost like you have to mm. 
you have to have you have to be like an entertainer you have to have like some you have to be like some kind of a spectacle or something because oh uh, yeah i know exactly yeah, what you're I, talking about yeah um like, you know uh, the takashi 69 thing was the whole lesson in that <laughs> and, and not just yeah, not just him there there's like a whole bunch of people kind of you know clamoring for like social media attention um and and that seems to have died down i don't know um just because i don't know maybe people got kind of tired of that same formula you know like the soundcloud rapper who like did the thing on camera (laughs) did the thing on camera they did do the thing on camera though they did the thing i think of it like they did the thing, but I think of it like, uh, like, uh, like how we were in. Think about it, how we were younger in middle school, and uh, all right. When I was in middle school, everybody was. Uh, how old are you? I'm 21. Okay, yeah, we're like the same age, basically. Yeah, everybody was like. <laughs> you remember the party rock? The party rock, yeah, and, like, like the shuffling thing. Everybody uh-huh. was doing that. Yeah, everybody classic. nerdy classes. Like everybody was doing this weird shit that you know we don't talk about today because it was we just don't talk about it. But people were doing that, and right. uh, you know the thing is we were in middle school and we got older and it was just like a it was just an era. It was like a phase, and I think that's mostly mm-hmm. what these things are. They're just like phases, you know. So definitely yeah like screaming for a young whatever or a little whatever but in a few years uh if your fan base is a bunch of like kids they're gonna grow up and right not really right. talk about you anymore you know so yeah I mean, phases come and go somebody, yeah and i'm pretty sure takashi still has some sort of a fan base but you know he's not where he was <laughs> in 17 or 18 or whenever he came up so you know, but I was yeah. actually talking more about like, like when it comes to spectacles, right? Mm-hmm. I was thinking about how that's in everything, including politics. Like, all right, did you see the debate oh, yeah. last week? Yeah, that was a mess, dude. <laughs> oh man. Like, well, on both sides, I, I guess to... it was a mess. But, like, he, like, oh yeah, yeah. You know. Uh huh. That that um. The interrupting, that that frenzy of interrupting. Everything that, about that guy yeah. was like, yeah, right. And um, and uh, for me, like, it wasn't that surprising, just because that's who he is, you know, that's his brand. But like, damn, is it really sad to see? <laughs> that is his brand. That is his brand. I think it was just, it kind of caught me off guard because, like, when I, that was the first time they, like, interacted, I think. So that was something. But at the same time, I feel like, I I don't know if he's going to be, he's going to be reelected or not. I, you know, I don't know. But the thing was, the thing that got him elected was uh, pretty much memes, basically, you know? Uh-huh. I mean, the dude himself yeah. is uh, mm-hmm. 
He's a, he's a fucking character. Right. He's a, you know, I, I feel like people got so, a lot of people got really tired of seeing, um, you know, your basic politics, like your usual politics. And that, that's the appeal that he was running on. He's like, I'm not, I'm not this politician. I'm a crude guy like you, you know? <laughs> I Yeah, he's that guy that I you... uh I piss in the street. I uh <laughs> I'll shoplift, you know, it's whatever. I'm just kidding, I'm joking. But you know nah, nah, yeah. basically he's that crazy guy yeah. you drink with. Yeah, you know, he's like this rowdy dude and Yeah, you know, appealing mostly to like white voters from like these midwestern and like southern towns who are like they just want to piss the libs off you know at, at but they didn't liberals. yeah <laughs> the age of the the libtard owned meme um exactly yeah but they don't really like think about the implications of like putting someone like that in office uh, you know, those people, they, like, worship celebrities, and they think that those people know what they're doing because they're rich, you know, and yeah. they have money. You know, they may not even be successful, but they have money, and that's the thing that proves their status. And... yeah. And, uh, you know, um, like, you look at, like, uh, this dude and his family, like, they don't really have, like, they're really corny, you know? Like, they're really corny billionaires. They got this whole house of gold and stuff. It's actually <laughs> pretty dumb, you know? It's, uh... Yeah. It looks like a cartoon. Yeah, yeah, it looks like a shit. cartoon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like a caricature of itself but um exactly. you know that's just what it speaks to though it speaks to louder is better you know if i have it you know i can flaunt it <laughs> and uh you know yeah. if if it's there for me i'll take it you know and if i can i will like that's what it speaks to the thing about that dude and it, it pretty much goes back to like what I was saying earlier is like it feels like everything it's like uh, the entertainer or the spectacle or the memes like I feel like it's bled into pretty much everything or almost everything especially like politics so it goes to like you know uh after that, after that election in 2016, and even to now, like, it's like, what goes on after that? Who goes in after that, you know? Because I don't think uh, the, uh, just the, the, uh, mm -hmm. shit, what's the, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't think the, uh, 
people are going to be looking for like a cardboard cutout politician anymore. I don't think they're going to be looking for like a black and white uh, company man. Like mm. I, it's going to have to be somebody like he raised, I guess, lowered the bar or he did something with the bar, but I don't think you're going to see like another, just a regular cut and dry uh, yeah. politician. I feel like they're not going to get as far, you know, somebody wants somebody that's entertaining. Somebody's going to want a Trump or, or or somebody right. that's that's a character, you know. Yeah, you know, I think, I think, um, as far as characters go, I think Bernie Sanders was close to that because he was more outspoken. You know, he's more direct, and I think that's what people want. You know, they just want, they mainly want somebody more direct. And you know, maybe these characters are a way of kind of simulating that. You know, like Trump was like he was a way of simula- simulating something that spoke directly. You know, um, he you know he was lying through his teeth, but he sounded like he was being real. And you know, yeah. him saying like, "I care about," you know, like the work. He didn't say specifically that he cared about working class people, but like he kind of gave that demeanor, you know. And, of course, dude is not <laughs> sympathetic for working-class people, you know, Trump. But Bernie did actually say that, you know, he would say that repeatedly, and I think that's what people are looking for. They're just looking for, you know, something that's, you know, not speaking in, like, long drawn out terms you know not pussyfooting you know exactly like, um, and i think yeah. bernie and trump kind of did that in a way like they were always speaking direct you know even if trump was maybe incorrect or just super you know i think that's something that his supporters like that he was just saying he was just talking you know he wasn't like talking like a politician he was just saying things directly you know so yeah. i i feel like they weren't gonna let bernie get i did i did want to see bernie uh, uh debate trump but i feel like they yeah me too let that me too but I, that would have been interesting i think they do want to bill burr said this i that they pretty much wanted a company man like they wanted somebody that's going to uh continue to let the oil company run they're gonna they wanted somebody that was continually gonna let uh wars happen and they got that with um pretty much with biden and versus uh somebody Mm -hmm. like bernie sanders who in their eyes was pretty much radical yeah you know i feel like I mean, it's no, everybody's kind of aware that, like, the DNC favors, like, these company people who have more um, moderate appeal, you know? Like, yeah. Bernie would have definitely lost the moderate voters, or at least, you know, quite a few, because, um, for some reason, people are still scared of the word socialism, <laughs> you know? 
And uh, yes, he's not even pitching, you know, complete socialism. He's like pitching this like watered down democratic socialism. So that it's like, you know, hopefully more appealing to everyone. But um, yeah, we we said it last time, like the base of socialism is just empathy, you know? Yeah. And uh, most of the higher ups are, they don't have any empathy. They mm-hmm. don't care. Yeah. So. Right. That's the hierarchy. Yeah. And yeah. I, um, I definitely think that, you know, most American discussion of these things, like, you know, the definitions of, communism and socialism and capitalism like it hasn't progressed very much you know like as far as young people being aware of this like i think it's um i think young people are more aware of what these things mean now that we're actually seeing the impact of like hardcore capitalism so i guess i'm not totally correct about you know, the discussion not having changed. But, like, I think a lot of um, the moderate perspective is just, like, from the 60s or whatever. Like, you know, the days of, like, the Cold War and stuff. Like, that hasn't really phased out. You know, like, that's that side of the discussion for some reason is still here, you know, like some kind of weird zombie, <laughs> like yeah, socialism bad, you know, it's just a lot yeah, of and it's, scary words. Yeah. And it's stupid, but you know, we're here now speaking of like that, like being here in the now is like, all right. So it's 2020. Do you think it's too late for Hmm. Do you think it's too late for the environment? Oh, because do I think I it's feel too late like for the environment? Now that we're... Yeah, because I feel like now that we're actually... Well, we've been seeing the effects, but now that we're seeing the effects to an extreme, like how the west side of the country is like still kind of on fire, you know? And the smoke oh, is yeah. like... Mm-hmm. Because the, the earth has become hotter. Definitely. Do you think it's, it's kind of too late for... You know, anything we could do to fix it? Mm. I mean, that's an interesting question because I remember a friend of mine, like, the past spring was telling me, like, something about the coral reefs um, having been, like, some, some kind of uh, condition in the coral reefs that's hinting at like irreversible climate change. Um, I haven't read too much about it just cause I prefer not to, <laughs> but I prefer not to think oh, yeah. that it's too late just cause I would like for people not to be apathetic and I don't want myself to be apathetic either. You know, I think that's dangerous apathy, but 
Yeah, I definitely think, can be. Yeah, I think we should have a lot of uh, consideration, you know, about this. Like, I think um, a lot of people still are spreading this dangerous idea of like, oh, climate change is not real, you know. And that's the uh, that's I very dangerous. How... Yeah. yeah. I, and, I um, don't see how you could like actually believe that. Right, yeah. And I mean it's evidence, you know. Mm-hmm. And I feel like you have to maintain some kind of level of positivity when you're trying to change an entire system for something that's very imminent, you know. And yeah. Yeah, and... negativity I don't know. I think it's good to be realistic. You got to be realistic, but I don't know. Some some of those some of those um looks are very scary <laughs> to me. And uh so yeah. Like where do you think we'd go from here? Hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. Like there's pretty much no ethical consumption under capitalism is, you know, what I've come to understand. And so, like, we definitely, yeah. we definitely have to stop this, like, overconsumption or at least overproduction of goods that we don't need, you know what I mean? Um, like, what's yeah, the... I, but with the- yeah, like, what's the good of creating products that are just totally unnecessary? And um, I guess that's uh, one of the luxuries of capitalism is that we can just kind of, you know, make whatever and have a lot of competing products that strive to do the same thing, but only a few which will actually last. And it definitely has to go down to the few that'll last. It's weird that we, like, we chase it, we worship it, like, the almighty dollar, but it's like, at the end of the day, like, you make all of that money, and then it's like, mm-hmm. you hoard, like, a lot of it, and it's like, what... At the end of the day, what good is it if you can't go outside, if you can't just breathe or, like, all right, like, it, I know we live in Houston, right, but, like, yeah, it, it wasn't as hot as it is when I was a kid. I know that for a fact. It wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't that hot. Uh-huh. And I look at the news and I read these articles and I see everything that's happening and with this, like the capitalism you could scream at the top of your lungs you could show all the evidence and it's just like eh, you know right people are still going to, like corporations are still going to be making this money hoarding this money and it's like right what like what's the end game you know yeah and like these dudes are ugly too like what what is the point <laughs> uh, <laughs> like anyway but what I I think yeah, like old white wrinkly man. Yeah. <laughs> I mean 
and I've seen that post. Yeah, like, I've seen that post you had with the Timmy Turner. Oh yeah, <laughs> like, kind of like that. Like kind of like that. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, I guess uh, it, for the audience, you could put it up there. <laughs> yeah, if there's yeah, a video. To, yeah, that could be the fucking. Uh, yeah, that could be the fucking title. That could be the uh, cover art for this episode. I don't use cover art, so that'll, that'll probably be the first one different from the uh, the regular cool. one that I use. Hell yeah! This is kind of getting uh, fucking depressing, isn't it? Uh, I mean, it's I mean, interesting. I, you know, like. I think it's, uh, I mean, you can see it as depressing, but, um, there are a lot of like different elements to this. Like, so, you know, it's kind of funny to me at, at a certain point, like you kind of look at it from like a really broad scale and you're like, that's kind of funny, but it, it is also very tragic. I'm not going to say it is a tragic, you know? Especially when you consider, like, all the, you know, lives that have been lost to this, like, you know, workers or, you know, immigrants, like, yeah, it's kind of crazy. You know, COVID victims. Yeah, it's the thing that affects it. Yeah. But. Yeah, I guess this, well, this is a thing that affects pretty much everybody, so that's why I'm like. I don't yeah. see how you could shrug it off, you know. Right, right. You can't not talk about it now. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, going back to the whole idea of like the, you know, the mega rich superstar, like, yeah, you know, like now we're seeing the whole like irrelevance, the irrelevancy of it. Um. I mean, it's always been pretty irrelevant, right? But yeah, now it's just like in flashing lights how irrelevant it is, and it's uh, it's gonna take some, it's gonna take a lot of systematic change, <laughs> um, you know, no, uh, no doubting that. But yeah, I don't know how long that would take, but. Uh... I'm sure one day we'll we'll get there because it is a generation, including ours, and there's a generation underneath us that are like hyper, hyper in touch because yeah, they have, uh, it's good that our generation is pent up. Yeah, it's good that we're like pent yeah. up, you know. And yeah. Well, with yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. All right. Oh yeah, oh, I was gonna uh, say that it's good that it's good that we got that fire in our belly, you know. Like, I think that's um, that's what we just have to maintain, you know. We can't we can't uh, just settle for less, you know, because that's what we saw, you know, with the hippies. Like, they just kind of they had a good time and then they were out, <laughs> you know. I wonder what would happen if they had Twitter back in like the sixties. Ah, uh, yeah, it, shit, man. it would be a tale of hashtag RPJFK, man. Yeah, civil rights Twitter would be like as intense shit, as ever. But uh, 
I hippie just, Twitter would be like a whole I, different world because they were just white people having a good time. <laughs> yeah, bro. Like it would just be a, everything would just be factionated zoot suit Twitter, like civil rights Twitter. Like it would be a different. Like I can't imagine it, bro. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> would be grainy and in black and white and shit but um It'd be I, a... <laughs> I yeah. i feel like with our the generation underneath us with the fire and in, in their belly and even the our generation with the fire in our bellies it's like um i feel like that's uh that's one side of the coin like the good side but i also feel like mm-hmm. i just feel like uh it's also a danger to have like all this power and information at a young age because you know we oh, have yeah. iphones six so and right we also could get exposed to different types of things that maybe a kid shouldn't see and it's right yeah it, it's a double-edged sword really. so mm-hmm. uh yeah i don't know yeah you definitely but, um, like with all that information comes like a level of uh like you gotta have some kind of restraint just a little bit you know take breaks definitely because seeing all that can definitely be kind of traumatizing you know for like a younger person you know like 10 year olds five year olds (laughs) you know that that oh yeah yeah. could be yeah that could be traumatizing but as far as like people our age you know we can easily get pretty depressed looking at all of this. So it's good to yeah have an outlet, you know, have some type of way of dealing with that. And, you know, any, if it's something creative, great, you know, it, even just writing your thoughts, you know, I, I encourage writing all the time. Like if somebody's telling me, you know, like, I'm, you know, my mind feels like it's in a haze, you know, I'm like, super stressed out all the time, like, writing is great, you know, even making small notes, doesn't matter what it is. Yeah, as long as you just kind of keep oh, yeah. going at it. Yeah, for me, I'm writing Absolutely. songs right now. Like... Oh, yeah, it's definitely like a great outlet and it's therapeutic. Yeah. Do you uh do you write and record like in your do you have your own studio setup? I do. It's just my room. <laughs> but you know, I have like a uh, no, that's the best. Like to just do it, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um but yeah, I've got a huge amp here, you know. Some speakers. That's all you need sometimes. So like I checked out uh some of your songs and well what is uh, what are your your uh, in, your big like influences and inspirations? Mm. My big influences and inspirations. They're like, I feel like my influences are kind of all over the place. Though I haven't really had like, I'm still recording the stuff that'll have those wider influences in it, oh. but. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I'll be right, right back. Oh yeah, yeah. Go ahead. We can pause. Yeah, I'll be right back. Yeah.
what's up? Hey, with the power of editing, I'm back. And so am I. I mean, it'll be like I'm back. Yeah. <laughs> Conversation. I'm sorry about that. Um, it's all good. Uh, yeah, so what is your like main influences when it mm. comes to music? Yeah, I'd say... Um, I'm influenced by pretty much everything, you know, like anything I hear now will have something interesting going on, you know, um, I'd say my longest standing influences, well, I don't know my longest stand, my main influences, let's see, I liked David Bowie a whole lot. I still like him a whole lot. Cause um, no, yeah, dude's iconic. Yeah, yeah, you can't can't get beyond it. But um, I really like um, the stuff that I've got out right now. The, the tracks that I have out right now are really influenced by like, you know, Acid House DJs. Um, yeah, yeah, that old school house. It's really good. Um, like Frankie Knuckles, you know, Mr. Fingers, all those guys. And I love a lot of different artists. Uh, I think one of my favorites, like, was Creedence Clearwater Revival. You know, a lot of people think that's such a dad band, but they have amazing songs. And they were able to turn, like, they were able to play blues songs without like making it sound too different. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So I like those guys. Yeah. Like blues artists love blues artists. Um, so many, (laughs) um, and interesting. I talk about them. Did you know there's a really, uh, really iconic blues artist, very like really close to where I live it's um it's right next to uh this um this graveyard in East End well I mean he's buried there like um oh what yeah yeah like really close to Telephone Road um it was a damn which one was it <laughs> uh I'm I'm tempted to say I'm tempted to say Blind Lemon Johnson but it wasn't him. Um it was uh Hopkins. Lightning Hopkins, yeah. Okay, dude, that's tight. Like that's to have those influences are sick. I uh I checked out that Polychrome Toad track. <laughs> um that felt like a like a ballad a ballad are you like cool yeah because it yeah it was like its whole thing it was like an eight minute long you, do you feel like uh do you usually make your tracks like that like different uh hmm. like a whole thing like a whole thing like it's uh yeah like it felt like uh to me, it felt like you hear one part, right? And then it's like separate parts. 
and it, to me it feels like you could have divided them and made them like a made a different track but you you made it like a eight minute long track oh yeah yeah um that was like a jam i was doing so basically i had this drum machine and this like synth hooked up together and i was just kind of jamming on it like while i was like saying whatever you know so it was me having fun and like putting it out there you know just on soundcloud and you think you could dj um or have you ever tried dj yeah uh i dj'd quite a few times um i started doing it just for friends you know like hanging out maybe like five people six people um and then like not long before this covid thing started um me and like three friends were starting were starting to do dj parties and like you know having more people over like having full parties and uh yeah that was Mm. that was really fun um i'd really like to get back to doing that yeah, man, that sounds dope. Uh, it's, it kind of it sucks with the COVID thing because that ruined everybody. Yeah. It, it affected <laughs> everything and it ruined everybody's plans. Right. So, yeah, man. Uh, I still see DJs yeah, out man, there. Like you know? It's harder to have. Well, yeah, yeah it's, it's people that are it's people that are out there. And, you know, you, that's the thing. You can't it's a we, it's weird because you can't you can only put everything on pause for so long before it's like you gotta get back out there you know mm-hmm. especially when you're doing things like that with events and, and music it's like uh you right know, you stop for so long and then it's like you you know you no one knows no one knows you or no one remembers you and you gotta like it's almost like if you stop for a long time you gotta start from square one so right you know, yeah, it's just everything it just moves so fast. Uh huh. But um, like yeah, uh, man, like uh, like if you're looking at those um, those up the the new regulations they have for like huge concerts, like venues, you know, where everybody's like in their own square. Yeah, and that's I mean that's cool, but at the same time that's. I miss how it used to be, man. Yeah, like, for real. No, I know people throw around the word new normal all the time, but it's just... Yeah, yeah right. It's, it's weird, still man. very like, weird. Yeah, especially for like yeah. a performer, you know, if you're talking about, you know, music events, like, damn, you know, it really sucks to have the whole floor pulled out from you like that. But Yeah, well, I do yeah. like... I do see other uh, people like still trying to, you know, do things, especially for October. So you know, mm-hmm. uh, you have any like crazy, uh, crazy story, like crazy studio stories, like mm, you know, you okay. don't have to say any like real. real yeah, hmm, that's yeah, that's an interesting one. Crazy studio stories. Uh, I remember there was this one. Um, I was in um, audio, my audio three class. And so we were doing like these recordings in the studio that we had there. And so we had to do these in a group. 
and uh <laughs> one of our group mates um did not know how to act in the studio and so while we were trying to record he would come in as we were recording and like say like you know say i was playing a part on guitar and he would be he would just burst in like hey how'd you play that part like what did you do there and i'd be like <laughs> like dude i'm trying to record and there was no nice way oh he would come it. in like while it's still recording yeah like that oh god <laughs> <laughs> yeah and he would like take no calls when we were trying to listen to the track it was really bad and he wouldn't even leave the room and at, at a certain point we stopped being nice to him because he just didn't understand <laughs> but um i mean so we didn't bully him, him. we didn't kick him out no because um, at one point, uh, we were playing, we were doing a cover of that Black Sabbath song, Iron Man. And uh, oh, okay. it, it turned out he could sing like Ozzy Osbourne. For real? Yeah. He, it was really crazy. He was like this annoying guy the entire time who didn't know, he didn't have any social cues in the studio. But then when it came to like singing his lungs off, like, man, he could do it. Yeah, most people that are like super talented or, or super like artsy, it's always a, a thing, you know? Yeah, he was a savant for sure. <laughs> I think I kind of have it. Yeah. I think I kind of have it in a way too. Like, I'm not, like, I'm not mm. normal in a way. Yeah. I don't think anybody anybody in that is, you know? Right. Yeah, so that that was why I was so glad we didn't, like, kick him out or anything. And we couldn't kick him out, you know? He was in our class. But, you know, oh, yeah. I was, like, I was kind of, like, um, I don't know. I, I, I mostly tried to be the good cop in the situation, you know, just kind of. At first, putting it lightly, then being a little more stern, but I was never like bullying the dude, you know. So, yeah. Yeah, to drop some hints in there. Hopefully, you can like pick up those hints. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, have you ever had to like kick somebody out the studio? Um, no, no. I, I've never had that. I've never had anyone that bad. Um. Oh, okay. One interesting time was when so somebody had a panic attack and they just straight ran out the studio. Oof. Yeah. I, you know, I can't say what was going on there, but, you know, uh, it happens, I guess. And that's... Oh, was it their first time there? Because, I mean, I, you know, everybody gets nervous, but, you know. Uh, apparently, it wasn't I, their I first don't know. time. Uh, they just, like. Oh, okay. Maybe they were. Yeah. They just saw somebody pull up, and I guess they got scared that it was somebody that they knew or something. I don't know. But it was just a weird situation. Oh, okay, man. But I see that you, um. You. Right, you have a uh, CDs for charity, so you have like a charity thing to support black-led uh, organizations. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, and it's still going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I still got that going on. It's a uh, it's a thing that's you know, like kind of going on in the background, but it's still going. Uh, I don't have a lot of what do you call it. I don't get a lot from it, like as far as a lot of people buying CDs, you know. But uh, every now and then, I do get people yeah. buying CDs, so that's good, you know. And uh, oh, yeah, that's good. Yeah. And right now, like it's going to the like the bail fund in Harris County, so like all the money goes okay. there, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Because That's when this was going idea. on, yeah, when this was going on, like I was just kind of making like little mixtapes, and I was kind of messing with chopped and screwed music. Um, this was like during. Whoa, wait, hold up. Don't you mean slowed and reverb? Yeah. So. Yeah, slowed and reverb. <laughs> no, not slowed and reverb. Uh, chop straight up chopped and screwed music. Like I was, you know, I'm a I'm a big DJ Screw fan, and so uh, like I had always been messing with that. But then like around March to April, you know, that spring, this past spring, I was like, hey, I'll like actually put some mix mixtapes up, you know, because that'd be kind of cool. And then at the same time, um, in April, you know, you had um, the George Floyd incident, or May, no, sorry, May. I lose track of time. And so, yeah, I thought, you know, it it just feels shit, it would just feel shitty to, like, be profiting off this, you know like mixing style that a black man started and like you know just totally profit from it myself while all this stuff is going on before my eyes and not do anything you know so i just i decided that would be a good idea yeah and so it's still going i think that's fucking dope thanks man that's fucking dope man thanks not for real like if anything to me as a black man, um, yeah, this this year kind of uh, showed me that racism is alive and and kicking. Like not just the incidents, but usually I don't try to read like comments and different things, but I do see it, and it's you know a lot of it was disheartening. But something that did warm my heart was um, a lot of people I followed, and also just a lot of people that I I just seen. A lot of people, um, even those that weren't black, there were other minorities or people that were white were also standing up and everybody was just like uh, in unison where they were just like, we're tired of seeing this shit and we're tired of hearing about it. And that warmed my heart because it shows that it's not just us, you know, like a lot of people are tired of this shit, you know? Yeah. But yeah, it's fucking dope, man. Thank you. Thank you. But, um... And, you know, I also yeah, felt so, that I needed to do it because, like, there's a lot of, um, I feel like not enough, like, Hispanic people are willing to, like, own up 
to like the anti-blackness that goes on in our culture you know i'm not saying like yeah it's the main thing in our culture but you know i'm saying that like a lot of these older people have some anti-black views and you know that that can't keep going you know you, you gotta like you gotta stand up to that for sure and you know it, it's small things like hispanic people like thinking it's okay to say the n-word like you know i just straight up don't agree with that yeah, yeah. it's uh i've like read a lot about it and it's uh it's it seems like it's like kind of i don't want to say worldwide but it's it's like a large thing in different cultures even uh asian people is people that have uh problems with people that aren't necessarily black but people that have like a darker skin tone get looked at more differently or, or treated differently and uh, even in our yeah. own community as black people you know uh we don't we don't really talk about it now, but we also have issues with, with, uh, colorism and, and different things like that. So, um, I just see like, we kind of all as humanity, we all have a long ways to go, but yeah. Um, you know, the thing is to try to stay optimistic and hopefully one day, one day we'll get there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I do think, you know, but, that's possible. And yeah, I feel like one, I don't know when, but one day. Right, right. And so, yeah, I, I, I think the, you know, the, the entire like mixtape project is something that I just want to have up there to keep going, you know, like, it's not really for like me, you know, it's not it's not for me trying to get notoriety or anything like that, you know, because I don't really have that, <laughs> first of all. And um, yeah. second, like, I just wanted to do something, you know, like looking back and just watching feels so terrible. And most of the time to have like, some kind of power to organize or like you know do some large-scale project feels or not that it feels but it it takes some leverage you know and that's leverage yeah. that i don't have but i'm kind of like using what i can do you know yeah, well, I fucking think it's cool, and I I really think it's cool that you're like looking at it from a lens where it's it's bigger than you. It's bigger than like uh, a mm -hmm. lot of things. Like it's not just a you know you think this is a cool idea. This is actually something that could help people. You know, and I I feel like one day I want to do something like that. And uh, yeah, man, that's again that's fucking dope from my from my POV, you know? Thanks, man. But, um, I'm, I'm glad. Not nah, for sure. I'm glad people are looking at it. You know, like I'm, I'm glad, uh, I'm glad, uh, you know, it's kind of telling people that, 
you know, they can do something too, you know. Because exactly, it's, it's inspiring. Yeah. I'm glad. Um, you know, I feel like you just got to do what you can. You know, and uh, of course, you got to make sure that you eat too. But you're like, you have to make sure that you do enough for your own community. Yeah, that's just yeah. Gotta it's it's kind of a no, nah, it's definitely a dual thing. Like, uh, you know, that's that's what you were talking about earlier. That's like when the realism like kicks in. That you know, you want to do all this dope, this dope shit. You want to help people, but you know, you need capital to to do that. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, so right, right. That's what it all comes down to. Yeah, but, unfortunately, um, you yeah, know, man, sometimes I'm... it comes down to capital. <laughs> yeah unfortunately but that's like that's the world we live in you feel me yeah but um yeah man i'm gonna uh, i'm gonna let you go but like first um yeah where can where can everyone find you all right um so my instagram that's mainly where i am right now um my instagram is d2 angeles d2 it's you know D as in dog, to A-N-G-E-L-E-S. And, um, yeah, that's that's my handle. Um, I'm not really on much else. I don't have Facebook. Fuck Facebook. Uh, <laughs> my Snap, I don't know. Are people interested in Snap still? <laughs> hey, man, you put it out there. You might, you might get a surprise. Who knows? Hey, uh, well, you might get an Easter egg. It's the same. Um, it's the same as my Instagram. And on the Instagram, you will find the link to the mixtapes for charity. You know. So if you're interested, get yourself a mixtape. Um, I'm. I haven't been making any new ones lately because you know, uh, music streaming costs money, and it's like monthly subscriptions oh yeah to self-distribute yeah yeah and that's monthly subscriptions that i can't really pay for right now but there's there are quite a few mixtapes up there you know and it's not all chopped and screwed music um i have one that's like a bunch of random like techno and crazy industrial shit that i like so you know i'll even take requests so it's all up there. Just got to show, man. Um, yeah. Well, fuck, man. Uh, it was nice talking to you. You seem like a real soulful, chill dude, but you seem like hella aware of like Thanks. a lot of what's going on. And no problem, because I, I kind of go out there, not just on the internet, but in the real world. And it's a lot of people that, it's kind of sad they're not really they're not really aware you know Mm. yeah i I don't know if it's because they just genuinely don't know or they don't care but you know you you seem like you you genuinely care so uh, i'm seeing that the further we get into the future um it's more and more people that you know they don't care they're they're apathetic but you 
you care and I, I appreciate that cool cool man like you seem like a really cool dude yourself you know like you're very aware and i like that like the fact oh, no, that yeah, we can have know. this conversation is because of you right now here so hey man i try i try but um yeah unfortunately uh jared darnell and mike mike can uh, hop on but yeah man i had a dope time it was cool talking to you um something that uh i tried to make a tradition here is that um for the outro you know i'll let a guest like choose a song to play out and Mm. uh yeah, is there any one of your songs that you want to play, or is there any song from anybody else that you've been feeling lately? And I can throw that at the end. Yeah. Um, let's see. What's a really good song that I want to play right now? Let me think for a minute. Because there's a lot of good stuff I've been hearing lately. Just a second. I'm thinking. It's coming to my mind. It's coming to my mind. <laughs> hmm. I've got the aux cord. What am I going to do with the aux cord? Got the aux. Uh, go to Voodoo People by The Prodigy. All right, Voodoo People by The Prodigy. All right, man, we got you. All right. Uh, Yeah, it was nice talking to you. Uh, Thanks for everybody for listening, for pressing uh, play. And yeah, we'll see y'all next week. Peace. All right. Peace.